The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I am live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the CBS Sports offices with a – is it a Super Friends edition if we have a three or four? If we're losing the fourth-ranked Super Friend, it still counts. <laughs> Ouch! John Breach with a dunk on Sean Wagner McGuff in his absence. Sean will definitely listen to this podcast because he he, he gets off on us making fun of him. And we're definitely going to do that throughout the course of the show, aren't we, Ryan? Yes, I'm furiously updating my mock draft because I made a huge error. But yes, Ryan uh, Wilson uh, did not include Javon Kinlaw. No, you got the name right. I, well, I love he went to play for South Carolina, An interior defensive lineman, but also able to brush on the edge a little bit. Great, quick hands. Maybe Brinson <laughs> should be making the mock draft. Well, Ryan team. should be hosting the podcast. Is he more of a three technique or a? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, three. Yeah. Can play over the nose if you need him to, but uh, yeah, no. Sean likes put him out on the edge if you had to. Sean Sean likes being made fun of. We found that out Friday when we were talking to Carl McDowell of uh, formerly of Ballers, who is a huge Bears fan. And actually, I don't know if we have audio that at any point that people can find it because they would love to hear McDowell dunk, dunk all over Mitchell Trubisky, and then dunk all over Jay Cutler. And literally, Well, well, let's. Let's hear it. Yeah, Sean's Sean, Jay Cutler was horrible. I tried to make excuses for the man as well, and it just did not work out. Oh, he's out there. This, actually, that's him right there. <laughs> Sean, that's Sean. Sean. He's the one crying. How did you like Cutler? <laughs> what part of Cutler could you have liked? <laughs> Poor Sean. His heart, I've never, it was like it. telling someone, I can't even say what it's like telling someone, but it's like telling your kid that somebody else is somebody else. So, uh, I already, Debo had to blur it out last time I did this. You know what? I'm going to stop talking. You guys are going to start making fun of me. But anyway, Sean's heart broke. I've never seen someone's heart break Let faster. Let me just know that English is Breach's first language, too. What we, is we happening think. there? That was bizarre. <laughs> um, so, so this is the day after the Super Bowl when we recorded it. It's Tuesday's show. Um, if it, It's a little bit of a hangover edition, right? Like the, the Super Bowl has ended. You're, you don't know how to feel. Like you don't know how quite how to feel. Like you're a little like – it's a Monday. People go back to work, but everybody's sort of skipping, you know, skipping work, and we're trying to. I, with Brenton, I don't know if he's talking about a Super Bowl hangover or like an actual hangover. I'm not hungover. Uh, are you not? No. Why does everybody think I'd be hungover on a Monday? That's classic Brenton. Two day hangover. <laughs> I was hungover on Sunday. That was the mistake. Anyway, um, what we're going to do is look at Super Bowl storylines that aren't getting enough attention. We'll hit all the you know all the news and stuff. There's all kinds of things. Like every Super Bowl, you have the stuff that happens in the game. 
this one felt like there was a little bit less. Like there wasn't like one crazy, you know, moment like uh like the Malcolm Butler interception where everybody was like, that's what we're locked. We got to get locking on. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't one of those, but there are a lot of storylines, right? Yeah. I mean, even last year, I can point to one play off the top. I had the Gronk bomb down in the fourth quarter that set up uh, the touchdown, the only touchdown of the game. We saw Jared Goff throw an interception, and there just weren't those plays. And we talked about it. Brinson is at the checkout desk at the Marriott Hotel. Or this was last night at like 4 a.m., and we're talking because we got back so late. And the guy is talking to us about the game because we told him we had been there, and he basically gave us his summary of the game. And he said it was so boring. There was only one big play. It wasn't very exciting. And so that feels like that's probably how the casual fan felt. Where was I? This you were. Uh, I don't want to tell anybody. What you oh, I went upstairs. Gotcha. Yeah. You didn't want to hang out with us. Um, do I want some super even more space for a JetBlue flight? Yeah. Yes or no? What do you think? I mean, yes, you do. Okay. I don't think Debo heard the story because we haven't seen Debo until just now. But um, another incident at three in the morning—not an incident, but an interaction at three in the morning at the hotel after we'd gotten back from the podcast—is that Brinson went and chatted some table of people up, which isn't uncommon at all. Uh, but one of them actually is going to have has a friend who is going to name their kid after Uh-oh. Brady Quinn. Yeah, and we forgot to get her name. We yeah. got her name. I didn't write. I told her to write it's it down. Artston. It's something Artston. Emily Artston. Yes, you have a good name. Emily Artston. She's going to name her kid Quinn. Oh, I better tell Brady that when we saw Wilson. 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 The whole well, inside joke on Super Bowl week, Dino, real quick is for like one Wilson recognizes anyone, and I can remember anyone's name or birthday or guess people's birthdays, yeah. and so that's just our talent. Uh, we were no trying to get Brady in here to give to say hello to Emily. It was Emily, right? I believe so. Yeah. It was Emily, and she went to Notre Dame. She's having a kid, and she was like, oh, my God. She, you know, she had never listened to our podcast, but she knew who Brady Quinn was. Well, no, so, and she would have talked to us for three hours about Brady Quinn if we had been willing at 3 a.m. Uh, he's on air right now. We're going to maybe come in later. Um, oh, he's doing radio. Okay. So, anyway, uh, Brady, well, when, you, when you bring up the podcast and the podcast app, um, it's, there's a picture of Brady because it says, like, Will Brinson and then – uh, and then, yeah, he's gonna come during a break. And then, um. Well, I mean, like, Wilson and I aren't handsome enough. I'd put Brady on the cover if I'm making a podcast cover also. Let's not, let's not, we're not offended. It's okay. We're well, handsome, but just not handsome. No, no, no. Like, right. Google only added one profile picture. Or, like, the Apple podcast only added one profile picture. Uh, and it was Brady's, not ours. So, um, Brady's we, gonna stop by in 10 minutes. We don't have chiseled cheekbones. So, so Emily Artson, if, if you're listening, wait 10 minutes. He'll be here in a second. Uh, at any rate. Well, so well, oh, let no, me finish that part of the story. What would be the defining moment? We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. What would be the defining moment well, for you? I don't want to a Brady story. Is that we also found out that Brinson would make a terrible NFL general manager. Yeah, uh, that that was the other thing we found. That's out not last true. Night. They had a. Uh, I was. We had. You three... traded away two beers for a bottle opener. Well, actually, it was a hairbrush that the guy used to open the bottle. That's even worse. <laughs> uh, I'll trade you Tom Brady for uh, your number three receiver. We'll give you the kicker and tell him he's a receiver. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> no, I was like, well, so we had three beers left. You guys said you didn't want one. I wanted one. I wasn't going to drink all three. It was like th- it's like three in the morning. We're ready to go to bed. We're like falling asleep, and I was like, I was like, I'd seen them over there. They're, they had had some something to drink, and I was like, I will give. Uh, I'll probably just give them my lap, be like, hey, do you want these last two beers? And so I went over there to ask if they had a bottle opener. Uh, they were like, well, if we'll give you two for one beer. And I was like, all right, sure. And they're like, how about two beers? I was like, okay, whatever. I don't care. Like, no, that's where you should have said no. I, I would have drank in that second one at a principle just yeah. so you didn't get hosed over in this trade because look, Wilson and I were over there doing a grade the trade article and we're like, Brenton, F. Uh, Notre Dame, Brady Quinn people, A plus. Also now, um, 
the young lady that I was talking to and the, the people at the table now have to follow through on their end of the bargain if I get Brady to give a shout-out to their friend on here, which is, of course, to, to get their client to sponsor the pod. Also, D-Bell, you won't believe this, but uh, through the course of that conversation, uh, Brinson – They live in North Carolina. <laughs> Brinson promised the, the one of the women that they could come on the show. She wants to do a Kentucky ba- Kentucky basketball minute. On Makes the perfect sense for what we do. So we'll be doing that. I don't know how you go out in public with Brinson because he either talks to strangers and ignores you the whole time or he invites random people on the show depending on his level of funness going. And so, like, we really need to have, say, in June, in the heart of the off season, uh, a Brinson week where we invite the strangers he's invited on the podcast and have them all on one podcast. Mm. Brinson, I think you would be uh, excellent at that. All right. So what was the <laughs> defining moment of the Super Bowl for you? Uh, are you talking about – my, no, like if you like if you know like if you had to pick, I think I think I was gonna say Shakira, but I, so that's I want to know what you on the field or like halftime or what do you want of the game? Ten years from now, we're talking about one moment in this game, actual football in this game. What are we talking about? I think we're talking about the third and fifteen. I like I think that because the Chiefs won, that was the key play. That felt like the one that just totally the 49ers looked defeated. Dude, after. I just remember that last on the yesterday show, Ryan argued that. They should have should've not done challenged. Done. I'm willing to make that argument again. Did Tyreek Hill caught a pass before that, and Shanahan challenged it? I think it, I think what Wilson is trying to do is like some sort of Back to the Future, like yeah, like if you you know like if you if Kyle Shanahan had a DeLorean that went 88 miles an hour, like the third, like you're basically saying like the third and 15 can't happen because Tyreek Hill makes the catch and gets yeah. It. If he wasn't assertive and throwing the red flag, then that plate stands. The the ball had been field, so at least they move the ball 15 yards instead of. 40 yards, whatever it ended up being. Yeah, you can't go back in time. I mean, of all the crazy things I said, that's the one you're getting hot. It's the but dumbest maybe, thing ever said. Maybe the 49ers, cause look, the 49ers defense seemed defeated. Like they lost their will to win after that play. It was just, that was it. That was well, the dagger. Once they, well, I wouldn't, well, I mean, they were still down 10, but like once they, and like they intercepted in the previous, in Mahomes in the previous fight, but like once they get that 44 yards, it was like, okay, if they get a touchdown here, it's like two things have to happen. One, get a touchdown. Two, Get a, like a three and out and the Chiefs are winning this game. Like, and it's, it's, it, that's just how it's going to unfold. And that is how it unfolded. They got, uh, of course the touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey and Kelsey was set up, uh, on a, he was uh, interfered with on the left side. We all thought it was over after the Chiefs got that touchdown, even yeah. though the 49ers were still winning 2017. I thought that I was like, if the, it, yeah, I, I mean, I thought the Chiefs were going to win too, but it was like they, they definitely have to get a stop. I mean, like, you know, you knew, but you knew that Shanahan was going to probably be, well, actually, that was the interesting thing about that play or that drive when the, when the 49ers got the ball back after the third and 15 sequence is that they tried to be aggressive and let Jimmy Garoppolo throw. And it's almost like you, you really shouldn't have done that. Like the Chiefs were huh. kind of, I mean, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. Like you should have let, you should have tried to run the ball or use your creative offensive schemes instead of letting Jimmy throw. He couldn't get, like, he couldn't get the ball out. He was getting pressured. You know, he wasn't hitting his receivers on target. You could tell that it was, the moment was just a bit too much for him. And I think that was maybe Kyle Shanahan's mistake was trying to put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands to go down and win the game. Yeah, Ryan, you, are you still working on your mock or do you want me to keep going here? No, I can, I can speak on that. I think we talked about it last time on the pick six pod after the Super Bowl out there in the, in the parking lot at two in the morning. Um, Kyle Shanahan turtled up and Jimmy G. He never had the trust of, of his head coach, and I feel like we saw that play out. And also, Jimmy G actually played okay the first 35, 40 minutes and then sort of disappeared. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I was going to say the timeout thing at the end of the half. When that was, yeah. Well, I'm going to that real quick because I just want to say that after the game, Kyle Shanahan basically said, 
I didn't want to give the ball back to Mahomes. Which doesn't make and, sense. And look, your defense just held him to 10 points. Absolutely shut down the Chiefs. And the fact that that is even in the back of your mind is something you're worried about at that point when you would technically, you could have had a minute and 40 to work with and two timeouts. That doesn't make any sense. It was just a slap in the face. Uh, like, how do you look your team in the lot? Because that's halftime. Right before halftime. I don't know how you look your guys in the eyes in the locker room after I know it's rhyming. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a Nicholas song really or something. Yeah, he's, he's um, thing. yeah. All right. So moving from that to some bigger stuff. I, I like. I agree with you. I think third and fifteen is the moment. Ryan, was there a, a, a moment that Javon Kinlaw had that you would like to talk about on the pod? Um, I think uh, he didn't. But I'm trying to think if there are other moments. I think John mentioned the end of the half. There was also. But we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Okay. okay. But there wasn't like a def- like third and fifteen is probably don't you agree it's probably the, the That is the biggest one. Yeah, it's the like unless well the red flag is the biggest one, that's the second biggest one. <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean like fifteen years from now or ten years from now, people are gonna discuss this game and they're gonna say the third and fifteen. Like you know what I mean? Like that's that's how we remember it. Like, that's the iconic play. Like the, the Philly special. Right. right. You know, like uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's the iconic play. Well there was game. no like Philly special. I think that's it, because when you're talking about big plays from the Super Bowls, Philly special's ten. That is everyone's gonna know it. In 20 years. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly don't think in 20 years that anybody's going to be able to point to one play. If you ask a casual fan, name one play from Super Bowl 54, I'm not sure they're going to be able to. Yeah, probably not. They'll just be like, they'll, they'll point out that Kyle Shanahan But like you mentioned, the Malcolm Butler um, reception, Philly special. I think those two, you ask that fan 20 years from now, they know right. that. So we talked about, uh, we talked about Jimmy G and the, the 49ers putting the ball in their hands. Uh, Frank Clark was speaking with Peter Schrager for Fox Sports after the game. And was asked about Jimmy G and had this to say. We knew the challenge of the checkdowns. You paying the guy $140 million, $130 million, whatever he's getting paid. Man. Go ahead. He got, he got, he got, he got to throw the ball. Obviously, he didn't do that. They threw for about 200 yards on checkdowns. That ain't enough to win the game against us. And don't matter what it is. We're still champions. Don't matter what it is. My boy, the offense. You can't tell us nothing. Can't tell us nothing. So Kelsey jumps in there with him and, uh, and Frank Clark basically called him Captain Checkdown. It's, I mean, like, he even mentioned like his his money. That's Frank Clark has been talking a lot of trash. He, he told me I should be fired. Um, you asked him to tell you that. Yes, but told you you were a bad writer. Told me I was a bad writer. You, did, you didn't ask for that. He just, yeah. told that. <laughs> he just did that. Yeah, uh, that just happened. Um, but I think with like like that's one of those storylines where I mean it's it's like it's going to be a big deal because we talked about it in the in in the post game show. There's a decent chance like that. The 49ers don't have to keep Jimmy G. I think they probably will. But if Kyle Shane, like, is Tom Brady in play for the 49ers? That's exactly what I was just going to say. Uh, I was on set with JJ on Monday morning, and we were talking about the, all the changes that the free agency stuff. Man, by set, said, you mean, of course, CBS Sports HQ, our 24-7 streaming sports network. And by JJ, you, of course, mean Jonathan Jones. That's right. Our 24-7 NFL insider. Exactly. Kyle Juszczyk, your guy Juszczyk is going to be free agent. Manny Sanders is going to be free agent. Um, Jimmy G is not going to be a free agent. But what happens... John, if Tom Brady decides he wants to go back to the Bay Area and he has pinpointed the 49ers as his landing spot, are you, is John Lynch, what's John Lynch doing? How awkward is that? How much do you think Jimmy Garoppolo, do you think he'd return his text ever again? Like, hey man, I played behind you in New England. Why do you come take my job in, uh, San Francisco? I don't think, look, you're Kyle Shanahan. You know what you have in Jimmy Garoppolo and the base on the way he's coached in the Super Bowl and the NFC title game. I think he, not only does he know what he has, but he doesn't love what he has. He's thinking, you know, he's got his eye out for someone else. And if he can bring him in there, and I think we've talked about before that Jimmy Garoppolo has a contract that you can get out of. 
The 49ers, that's how they do their contracts. They did it with Colin Kaepernick. You get that big upfront money. Then after two seasons, they can get rid of you with little to no cap hit. So I do think if Kyle Shanahan can find a quarterback he likes, right. uh, that he'll pull the trigger. And, and I think we would all be surprised. It was like, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo just, I'm using the bunny ear quote unquote, took them to the Super Bowl. Because uh, really the defense and the run game did, but look, there's a lot of guys out there. Jameis Winston, oh god, Philip Rivers. You think Kyle Shanahan would like Philip Rivers? No. I mean, does Philip Rivers win that game? I don't know. He throws a lot of interceptions. I, he might have hit Emmanuel Sanders. I uh, trust his deep ball. I think he wins that game. I, he I throws three interceptions. Garoppolo threw one. Does Andy Dalton win that game? What do you, what do you, what do you, Garoppolo. They don't trust Garoppolo to throw. Three turnovers will kill you, and that's what R- Phil- Rivers didn't throw three interceptions like Kyle Shanahan scheme. Anybody's good at Kyle Shanahan scheme. Jimmy G isn't. Well, that's the problem. Uh, they could get out. So his cap hit next year is $26.6 million. His dead cap is $4.2 million. Um, they would have dead cap hits of $2.8 million and $1.4 million the following three years as he approaches his 30s. I mean, like, what if Belichick, what if Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo just flip spots? Like, Brady grew up as a 49ers fan rooting for Joe Montana. That was his idol growing up. You think he wouldn't want to go back and... No, I, that, that definitely could. I feel like he's probably going back to Foxborough, but I could see a situation where he goes back to Northern California. I don't know if Jimmy G is going to go to New England. Um, I, like he's a if Jimmy G's a free agent. He's going to get signed by New England. Okay, I feel like he's a he actually finished twelfth in value per play according to Football Outsiders, which is slightly better than average. But I feel what like he's if like Kyle a Kyle Shanahan called up Drew Brees. He's like, hey man, you're going to be a free agent. Uh, Brees said New Orleans or nothing. Well, right, right. Right, because there's not really another team out there. But that's what I'm saying. What if he called him and like laid out this case? Look, I think if you were on this team, we also could win a Jimmy Garoppolo threw two picks, right? The last one was sort of the, if end of the game. Matter. You were on this team, we could win a Super Bowl. What if that's yeah? But you're pitch? you don't have any receivers. You have Debo Samuel, Manny Sanders leaving. You have George Kittle, or you have Mike Thomas. You have Alvin Kamara, and you know everything that Sean Payton does. I don't. I mean, it could happen, but I think he's in it's a better, not, it's not it's in a better situation where Breeze is either playing in New Orleans or, or retiring. His agent has spoken. I'm sorry, so. this podcast is. I thought, aren't we supposed to have friendly debate? He's just putting this. I'm shutting everything down. But Breeze has said that the whole entire off season. Do you think Breeze is retiring? No, maybe. <laughs> not not if Kyle Shanahan calls him. And Do you think him John can make more noise with that chair as he gets comfortable? I mean, it's like freaking doing yeah, with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for that. Uh, next year we might be in the stadium. I think we could have done it at the stadium. It would have been fine. Um, couldn't have, get ahead of ourselves. No, couldn't Tampa, have that Walgreens, couldn't have that Walgreens have one. Have to come live from a strip club. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Breach, when we were planning. Oh, wait. Before we get to Patrick Mahomes. Brady Quinn, come here. What? So, very quick story. Last night, um, you can use Breach's mic. So, last night, we get back to the hotel uh, at the residence inn. And there's uh, um, a group of people. At also three having, in the morning. Also having drinks. How long is your break between your radio shows? Uh, it's a couple minutes. Okay, cool. All right. I'll tell it really fast. Blah, blah, blah. Cool. Yeah, I go over there because I need a bottle opener and they have a, a bottle of wine. I get them to open the thing. They're like, well, let's, we'll open these, we'll open these beers if you'll give us. Uh, he has two minutes. Tell him the story. So I give them the beers, start chatting them up. Turns out, you know, I'm like, yeah, check out the podcast. And when we go to our podcast and zoom up, it says host. It says Will Brinson with no picture. Then Brady Quinn. And it's like your picture from high school or college or whatever. Um, she goes, Oh my God, my friend, my best friend. Is having a baby. She's she's having a baby soon, and she's naming him after Brady Quinn. She's naming. She's such a huge Notre Dame fan. She's naming her child Quinn. It, it probably got changed to Patrick Mahomes if they're Kansas City fans. Is that, what they, is that what you said? No, no, they work. They work with like a oh, corporate. just randomly there. She's yeah, corporate, just huh? dude, randomly. Very cool. Can so we change, can we change the photo on the Pick Six podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll work on that. I, I literally think you know. What so this is it is Emily from? Arden? This is, is from right? like. 
This is like when I was like 23, 24. Yeah. I think I was at like an event either in Vegas or somewhere what, else. What I was probably so hungover. <laughs> much much like Will is right now. Or maybe yesterday. I was probably so hungover. Wait, wait, wait. What, you, what is, well, what is your line? A little girl there named Quinn. But you need to give a shout out to Emily Arden. Shout out to Emily Arden. I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's really sweet. It's very kind that you're yeah. doing that. So yeah, go Irish. And, uh, and, and good luck with baby Quinn. Hey, is this an emergency podcast? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you do one last night? Yeah. Did you do one after yes, the game? Yes. Huh. Oh my of course God. we did. That is going to be the greatest ongoing pseudo beat <laughs> Thanks, ever. Brady. <laughs> Every Perfect time timing. we do an emergency podcast, Prince is going to call out Brady Quinn. Every time Brady's here, he's going to be like, is this an emergency podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. or am I just here? Um, okay, and so, Nuggets. Patrick Mahomes Nuggets. Breach is putting together this... Um, this, uh, Let me just say, I, I appreciate Debo's job a lot more. Brenton came over and he's like, hey man, I need you to be Debo. I need you to make a list of ten things we can talk about. I got through four and I gave up. Yeah. Well, and, and our, that is our, fact. Um, uh, our, our, our editor, Kevin Simel, started talking to you about something, and, and so you stopped working. Uh, but, but, well, if my editor's talking to me, that's not, I'm working. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just, I just sound like you. <laughs> the, um, so, you got some nuggets. I do. These are statistical nuggets involving Patrick Mahomes. Uh, tell us about, uh, give us one. Well, I think my favorite one, I'm gonna start off the bat. I'm gonna start off big. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, just the sixth quarterback in Super Bowl history to throw multiple interceptions in a game and win. The other five quarterbacks to do it. Tom Brady, Super Bowl 49. Uh, two at Ryan's boy. Somehow you guys keep winning with interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger in Super Bowl 40. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw in Super Bowl 14. Ryan is over here cheering because his quarterbacks were just slinging the ball to the other team and they're still winning the game right. somehow. Right, right. Is as everybody, as everybody not named Ryan realizes the Steelers are built on defense and Ben Roethlisberger and you know Terry who Bradshaw are currently overrated. Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis. They throw their interceptions and the defense still stinks and they lose <laughs> playoff games, Sean. <laughs> uh, Joe Theismann, Super Bowl 17, and Johnny Unitas in Super Bowl 5. So that's actually a pretty strong pretty list, list of, uh, to be I mean, on. Theismann's Theismann not a Hall of Famer, but Unitas, uh, yeah, Bradshaw. obviously Bradshaw and Ben will be in too. And Brady will be in. And also, uh, Terry Bradshaw, Tom Brady, both won MVP, just like Mahomes did. So we have three MVPs who are quarterbacks that threw multiple interceptions in a Super Bowl. Mm. Um, fact. According to Next Gen Stats, this is a good, st- this is a good, uh, nugget from the game as well, but involving Mahomes. He was the most effective ag- against the Blitz by getting rid of the ball faster when the 49ers defense hit five plus pass rushers versus the Blitz. Or so when, when they did not Blitz, he was 20 of 33 for 212 yards, two interceptions, and it had 3.02 seconds average times to, th- time to throw. When he, when they did Blitz, he was six of nine for seventy-four yards and two touchdowns with two point four eight seconds average time to throw. It's sort of like the reverse thing what we talked about last night with um, how the Chiefs went no no huddle and up tempo, and it really confused the 49ers and really wore out their defense. In this case, it seems like the decision to send pressure against Patrick Mahomes, while in theory it might make sense, it may it may have. Um, it may have flushed him out, like flushed him out of the pocket a little bit or make him use his legs to pick up plays. Um, and then he's able to throw and make these quick decisions, and these guys aren't covered on the back end. So uh, a potential, a potentially tactical error there to, uh, to, to blitz Mahomes at all by Robert Sala. Well, they get after him. I mean, the over-under hit, it was two and a half sacks. He was sacked three times. And look early on in those early drives, he looked not flustered, but he looked a little frustrated. Oh, yeah. And then it came together. I, I mean – the defense played really well, and we talked a lot about this in the, in the auxiliary press box. We weren't in the main press box because we were not in well Brent, didn't you? No, we didn't. Uh, no, well, I won't say anything. Yeah, enough. I'm going to take the high road. Yeah, you were in the junior press box. But um, 
uh, we said a lot during the first half, I mean, first three quarters, how well the 49ers secondary was covering uh, the Chiefs receivers. And then, of course, 2010 happened. I mean, it was 2010, and they ripped off 21 points. But you almost wonder, like, to counteract the no huddle, were they like, let's blitz more? We need to go back and look at that. But, I mean, that that is something that certainly, um, you know, Mahomes had a success against the blitz. But it's weird that it seemed like Andy Reid almost opened up his offense more when they were trailing. We saw it in every single playoff. He should have done that from the beginning. Well, that's what I'm saying is why do they wait till they're down? I mean, they were down 24 nothing in Texas. They were down 17-7 to in the Titans, 20-10 to here. So it was like – it's almost like somehow Reid becomes a better play caller and offense runs better when they're playing from behind, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, but somehow that, that is what happened. All right. Uh, it's worth noting, of course, that the Bears passed on Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and that's worth noting because we can lash out at Sean. You guys yeah, remember who to they took? Because remember, they had, they traded with one of the Super Bowl teams. That's how we can tie this into it. They were at the number three spot. They mortgaged their future to move up, take the 49ers number two pick. And man, first year who also passed on Patrick Mahomes to the 49ers. <laughs> that's true. But yeah. they, one made it to the Super Bowl. The Bears have not. Yes. Mm. Um, is should Sean just give up on being a sports fan at this point? No, it gives us something to make fun of. That's we true. should make him pick a new team. I'm fine with that. Uh, we mentioned this briefly last night. Uh, also worth noting, though, that Patrick Mahomes had. Uh, let's see. There is a, this is an all-time bad beat prop bet. He had the overrunner started at 29 and a half at William Hill, moved up to 36 and a half. Mahomes had 44 rushing yards going into, uh, the final Chiefs drive when he took knees, but he was taking long, he was like dropping way back to take knees because he wanted to burn as much time as possible off the clock. And as a result, he lost 15 rushing yards and everybody lost the prop bet. It's insane because every quarterback, you watch any NFL game, you get in victory formation, you take maybe one step back. You kneel it. You lose one yard, maybe two yards max. Mahomes was losing six yards per yeah, kneel down. It's like, crazy. Think of you see the first one and you have the over. You're like, he's not going to do that two more times. Is you're like, the clock needs to run down or something's got to happen to hey, stop this maniac. And also, um, I don't know if y'all, I don't know if you were watching the final play of the game. Yeah. Um, it was Mahomes threw the ball away. They had five seconds left on the clock and they knew that they're up eleven. So like, it's for all intents and purposes, it's over. But the 49ers aren't going to stop. You know. They're just going to give up, right? Who knows what could happen? Um, well, no, actually, I know it couldn't happen. Like they just they couldn't tie the game. Like there's just not enough time to do it. Uh, but Mahomes, he throws up, he throws the ball deep, and like you know, five seconds in the air. If he throwed it in bounds, they actually could have scored again and covered. What's that? And covered. I mean, get the over. We hit the over. That's what I'm saying. Like he threw it out of bounds, but like at least from my vantage point, y'all had probably a good. Intern. It was not out of bounds by five, no more than right, three like, to five yards. And like I think Tyree Kill was the one running the route. Looked like it. I think so. And he he beat the 49ers guy who was covering him because they knew once the ball was in the air, it's over. So they didn't have to worry about it. Like if Mahomes had thrown that ball in the air and it had stayed in bounds, and Tyree Kill had caught it, do you think he would have just caught it and gone down? Or I was would've... wondering. I wonder if he would have scored. That's what I'm saying. Ran like, around and celebrated. That would be an all. I'm bad beat on the over. But wait, the flip side of that is that if the ball, you know, Mahomes was throwing it deep, clearly to throw it away. If it they had slipped out of his hand yeah. and, and just gone incomplete after four seconds, they leaving one second on the clock, the 49ers absolutely would have kicked a field yep. goal because they would have cut it to one score and hoped yep. there would have been time left for an onside kick. And that would have been equally bad beat because you still hit the over. So it was like two scenarios where the over could And they definitely would have kicked a field goal, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because you, you immediately – 
Given all the field goals Kyle Shanahan kicked, well, he's definitely <laughs> kicking that field goal. <laughs> well, but the problem is, like, if you only have four seconds, like, you're kicking the field goal and then you're down eight. And hope there's one second left when it goes through. Yeah, you hope you can kick it really fast. And right. it gets, I mean, you're, it's not happening. Like, the game is over. Right. But you're definitely um, kicking it, like, absolutely kicking the field goal. How about Debo's boy, Andy Reid? We talked about his fourth downs a lot. He managed to not botch that, the, the clock situation there at the end. Cause the 49ers had two timeouts when they got the ball, when the, when the Chiefs got the ball back, the final time. And the Chiefs were still able to get it down to where there's five seconds left. It's fourth down. Like, that's a trick. That can be like a, not a tricky one, but like, that's something you see people screw up all the time. I would love to know if Andy Reid hired a clock guy. Like, some dude mm. who's literally in his ear just telling him how to not blow it. Because literally, every Chiefs fan has that PTSD. Any playoff game we were watching of, my God, he's going to blow this. We're going to botch this in the end. He's going to somehow throw away Patrick Mahomes' prime. Uh, botching the end of every single game they play in. And you, they were just, you go on Twitter, they were just kind of waiting for it to happen in every playoff game against the Texans. Like, my God, we're down 24 nothing. We're going to lose this game. And obviously they came back against the Titans, you know, kind of shell shocked they were losing. And this one, it was just please don't let this happen. And this, he couldn't have done this any perfectly. You know what? Um, more perfectly. Andy Reid is, we talked about last night, one of the best coaches ever. But until last night, he was remembered for clock mismanagement and boneheaded plays the worst time. That is basically Kyle Shanahan now. Kyle Shanahan, the, you look at the, the history of his plays, 99% of them are great play calls, and the 1% are the worst possible times in the fourth quarter, in the Super Bowl, and there's no doubt he's one of the top play callers, but he just doesn't show up in big moments. Um, Matt Moore is a Super Bowl champion. Came in, he won a game. One, Me and Debo saw him walk by celebrating when he came off the field. He looked very friendly on Radio Row. He's like, I'm not doing all that stuff. Yeah, because he thought he saw you Spider-Man gifts looking at each other over here. Uh, yeah. Well, Brinson tried to interview Matt Moore at Media Night. Media Night. It did not go well at all. As a matter <laughs> That's of fact, I would rank it second only to Eric early. Fisher. Yeah. yeah. Eric Fisher, not just Eric Fisher was going to beat Brinson up. Matt Moore wasn't going to go that far, but he clearly did not. If, if, if we were only it. in the room, if it was just me and him and like there were no cameras and like he knew he wouldn't get in any trouble, he would have definitely beat <laughs> What would you ask him? Uh, to do a Patrick Mahomes impression. He was like, I'm not doing that. It's not nice. I was like, well, you know, it just sounds a little funny. He was like, what does he sound like? I was like, well, uh. Well, that's uh, when you did it for him? And I was like, rah, 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 rah. and he's like, that's not really nice. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll go away now. And um, he used to play with the Carolina Panthers. Very disrespectful to you. Who did? Matt Moore. No, this is Eric Fisher who did this. Oh, what did Matt Moore say? Matt Moore's just like, man, I'm not doing it. We're oh. like, we're like, we he shut it down pretty quickly. Yeah, he's like, I'm not. He wasn't like, having it. He's like, look, man, I'm a 38 year old, like, right. backup quarterback. Why are you talking to me? Leave me alone. And we were going to ask him who a better coach was of Adam Gase and Andy Reid. That's what we should have done. Mm. Just toss him a softball and yeah. to make up for uh, the questions he didn't like. Um, who's the most random chief that has a ring? Is it Matt Moore? Like, dude was coaching high school football last July. I think he has to be on the list. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, Anthony Sherman. Um, fullback. Sammy Watkins. Oh, yes. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. Good call. That's what I said. Sammy Watkins, Super Bowl champion. Sammy Watkins had a good year. He's a former first round pick. He's not random. He's had, he has not lived up to his first round pedigree. Bill's traded Byron up. Byron Pringle. He ate potato chips for you. He did eat potato chips. It is cool that LaShawn McCoy got his ring with Andy Reid after getting booted from Philly and not being able to get his ring when the Eagles won. Yeah. I thought that's cool. I thought it was cool that. Terrell Suggs didn't want to play for anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's... Drew Brees leaves New Orleans. So he has <laughs> Suggs only wanted to play for Baltimore. Andy Reid called him and said, "Hey man, why he don't you come now. to Kansas City?" Well, he got well, he got cut and claimed. No, I'm saying that Suggs signed with Arizona. Yeah, but Suggs said he was not going to play for anyone if he got claimed. Right. And, and Reid called him and said, well, yeah. "You know, like 
cleared the air before they claimed. I'm like, hey, we're going to claim you, but we're not going to do it if you don't sign and like embarrass everyone. You know who else got a ring? And or who will who will get a ring? But he has two rings now in eight years. So that's someone that's... last named Shermer. Ooh. Pat Shermer's son, Kyle Shermer. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Vanderbilt quarterback who is a rookie oh, on the yeah. practice squad. Um, yeah, I was under, I was told, I think that like the media, like if you're the team's, uh, the Chiefs team reporter, you yeah. get one too, like B, uh, BJ Kissel. Cool. Yeah, he's a good dude. Is I it think. the legitimate or is it like a smaller version? I didn't ask him that. I would assume smaller. I don't know if you're listening in the car ride, uh, here from the airport, uh, from the hotel, excuse me. Breach knows everything, like a, like crazy pop culture, just yeah. stuff that no one knows. So explain Breach. How they determine who pays for the ring, the Super Bowl rings. Oh, yeah. So I guess a lot of people don't know that. The NFL chips in. The number goes up a little bit. The last two years ago when the Patriots got their – or was last year? Jeez. The NFL chips in $5,000 per ring. But when you see these gaudy rings, like uh, the the New New England's most recent one was like $40,000 per ring, uh, that means the owner is writing a check for $35,000 for each individual ring. So like – and I was telling them – you know, if the Bengals ever won the Super Bowl, you know, their <laughs> owner's kind of a cheapskate. He's going to take the check for $5,000 from the NFL, buy $4,000 rings, and uh, pocket that $1,000 that, extra. That checks out. <laughs> so, but, yes, yeah, so the NFL only pay, doesn't pay for the entire ring. So when you see this, it's when the owners go out. I think the Hunts will probably uh, toss some serious money 50 down. 50 years, yeah. It is 50 years since their last Super Bowl win. Mm. Um, okay. Andy Reid. Off the bye. Off the bye. Andy Reid. Off the bye. And. We have to come up with something else next year. Well, supplies, a new song. Okay, what um, are we just uh, Vanilla Ice? One song, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like J Lo. Um, oh, you hate to hear it. You hate to hear it. It's true. Um, I didn't say this on the podcast last night, but I, I don't know where. I, oh, I just said it uh, when we were talking earlier. If you ever go to a sporting event or, or music, go with John Breach. He will enhance the the uh, experience. Tenfold. He was dancing during the really halftime dancing? show. Yeah, he had the, you guys didn't have the wristbands, but the wristbands, if you saw the light show, if you're at home and you saw the lights changing different colors, they were all via wristband controlled by our overlords. John now is, uh, he's now part of the, the, the matrix, but he was so excited taking pictures. I think Brits is about to fall asleep. Well, you know what? Hey, look, we can't share in the press box. Really you know, tired you, there are the no time. rules about the halftime show. So I'm going to get out of my seat and have a good time. And uh, hey, who didn't have a good time watching Jennifer Lopez? How, and Shakira? Like, what level of dance are we talking about? Like, like sort of like. So he was sitting next to Quinn. Who's did you a, see Diva? He was did a few seats to the left. I don't know if he looked down, but yeah. he was sitting next to Quinn, who seemed to like the show as well. And then it was Breach and me, Sean, Dubin, and then Debo. And I would look over, and Breach would be taking pictures. He tried to do a time lapse, but someone in front of him stood up. We talked about that. And then you'd see a little shoulder shake. Start pumping his fist. <laughs> you were fist pumping. <laughs> he didn't do that. But. Okay. So but, you, like, uh, you had some shoulder shakes, but you weren't like you weren't. Were you just like sort of like bobbing back and forth, like yeah, a little bit like that? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I mean, it was, I wasn't like stripping. I wasn't taking off my coat. My, unbuttoning my, <laughs> taking off my tie and getting crazy. And we did, as we said last night, we 100 percent cheered Sammy Watkins every time he touched. <laughs> that is the fun, that's I funny did not. Thing. That was a oh, shot. Ryan, no, I, I, mean, shared, I was supporting you guys. I was. Yeah. I, I favorited tweets and. Was happy for you guys. And I was texting you all every time you called. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the most Brinson move ever. Like he hates Sammy Watkins. Now all of a sudden this blow up in our face that Sammy Watkins is, is catching up and surpassing Devontae Parker in the biggest game of the year. He didn't surpass him. Different rules. He didn't come. I close. mean, I thought Super Bowl receiving yards count four times. Yeah, the right. right? Now. That's he what we still, he still didn't pass him. 
If you give him, if you give him 360 yards, he's still. I can't wait till this bet next year when we pick two more random receivers, or do we stick with Devontae and Sammy? And I was like the individual oh, judge. I stayed out of it just to. Oh, they they resigned Devontae. Sammy, might, Sammy might retire. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's in hell. Yeah, he's like I've been shamed by Devontae. And, and, and Sean out. and Wilson will still stick with them, and they'll return in <laughs> Week 17, have a 400 yard, four touchdown game. Yeah, Devontae Parker like tears his Achilles in Week One or something. <laughs> um, Andy Reid is going to celebrate with a cheeseburger. A double cheeseburger. You see here, why don't we just listen to what Andy Reid had once? Well, yeah, I mean, I joked about it. I'm going to have a double cheeseburger tonight with, with extra cheese. Um, I'm going to enjoy it with my family and the team. That's what I'm going to do. You know, that's, uh, that's exciting. So, like, I love it. He's, 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 he's like diving in on it. He said after the AFC Championship game, he was going to celebrate with the cheeseburger. Now he said he's going to celebrate with a double cheeseburger with, with extra cheese. If you won the Super Bowl, what would you celebrate with? Breach. Are you putting me on the spot first? I'll go. You go. I can go first. The gourmetest of gourmet vanilla ice cream. Oh, so a dessert. Oh, crushed. And I didn't. We had ice cream at the hotel in the lobby. I didn't get it once. It was a little cold towards the end of the week. I'm but actually surprised that you're a vanilla ice cream guy. That's the, just like, like it's a classic gour- flavor. Gourmet vanilla is legit. Like real vanilla beans. Vanilla bean. Like you want the little the little bean specks in there. Interesting. I'm also dessert. I would go dessert. I I think these are desserts. I would go donuts. I would literally go to the nearest donut shop, buy six dozen, and then, you know, uh, at the end of Dodgeball when Ben Stiller's character is on the couch and he's gaining like 40 pounds and he's just putting hamburgers and donuts and everything, that would be me. I'd be at the school party stuffing my mouth with donuts. You don't like Krispy Kreme? No, no, no. Krispy Kreme... I like Krispy like Kreme. It's not a top. Uh, yeah, it's not a top tier. Krispy Kreme's better than Dunkin' Donuts. Krispy Kreme's better yeah, than huh? nothing. <laughs> wait, wait, who do you think's better than Krispy Kreme? Well, I have so many gourmet donut stores around. Well, like no, 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 gourmet. No, no, no. That's that's. I had donuts at my wedding. Did you guys have those? Yeah, they were delicious. Yeah. The yeah. Maple bacon donut. Okay. Oh man, See? crap! I forgot. I meant to buy a maple bacon um, <laughs> uh, beer from uh, from the Fort Lauderdale Brewery, Funky Buddha. So we're still, still in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Because we still have four hours to burn. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go there, and then we'll go to the football field and let him throw, throw the ball yeah. 25 yards. Well, so, like, I'm really more of a Christian Travis Kelsey type. I'm celebrating with beer. Yeah. And a lot of it. All right. And I'm That's getting, what you did this week. Yeah. So. I mean, we, we, we know you're not lying. <laughs> I don't lie about stuff. You know that. Um, the uh, So, I yeah, I mean, I would uh, – I mean I, I mean, I think if I had to choose, like, a meal, I might go with, like – a really like like I always like a nice cut of tuna. Does that sound weird? No. Or a poke bowl. Like a super dank poke bowl. I had never had until today. Breach had his first poke bowl. I he thought it was made, a Pokemon bowl. Yeah, I thought you, Brinson was trying to change pronunciation. Trick me. Poke bowl. Okay. Oh, it is. Okay. It's poke when you want to sound fancy on air. Oh, okay. Poke bowl. Does it rhyme with croquet. It does. Oh, really? Sounds like. A but I mean, you sound like kind of a douche when you say it. So poke bowl is fine too. Um, no offense, Debo. Right in Debo's face. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so D- this is Debo's shameless attempt to, um, to get his own tweets on the air. <laughs> you, <laughs> no, but you, you had, you had, no, no, no. you had great, you had great sound of Chris Jones, so let's hear that. Baby, you, they know what time it is, cause it's time we finna bring the parade back, and you gotta fight for your right to we been a party all night. I'm not even going to sleep. And when we land that plane tomorrow, Kansas City be ready because we've been to crank up the city, man. We've been to crank up the city and we've been to party some more. Soon as we land. I feel like, and we can hear Travis Kelsey in a second. I feel like 
as much as we heard like Chiefs fans or Eagles fans celebrate when they won the Super Bowl, like I think Chiefs fans might be more celebratory after their win than they were during the game. Does that make sense? I felt like it was sixty five percent Chiefs fans. Well, I would so before the game they had the announcer say, "Hey, how many Chiefs fans are here? Let's cheer." Definitely the Chiefs fans were louder. I think sixty five makes more sense, but it felt like Chiefs fans were timid. Kind of like afraid to cheer. Worst case scenario might happen. Yeah. But by the time, again, once that third and fifteen, they it sounded like we had a Chiefs home game after that. Mm. Like for the rest of the game, the final six minutes. How did that rank in terms of loudness for Super Bowls you've been to? Ooh, I well, mean, it was outside, which is sometimes different because right. Eagles Cardinals was inside, right? Eagles Eagles Patriots Eagles Patriots yeah, inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah so you so can't you hear that was outside. the sound escapes if it's outside. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was loud in there. I'm just saying when you're in the press box behind the glass, you can't hear. Oh, you couldn't hear anything. Right. So right. it was, I thought it was extremely loud. I you found know? it to be a rather annoying experience to be perfect. Yeah. I, I would say that again, for the end of the game, definitely super loud because I remember the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl where you thought it would be loud was the Tom Brady Hail Mary that kind of hung up there. Yeah. And no one knew it was going to happen. It was really quiet in the stadium. <laughs> and then people waited for an incomplete. And then when they saw the incomplete, they looked up to see if there was no time left because there was like nine seconds left. Yeah, 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 And so it took Eagles fans like five seconds to figure out that they had just won the Super Bowl. So yeah. it was like a delayed, weird delayed reaction. And here it was just like Chiefs fans just steadily getting louder, 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 louder. So this might have been the loudest I've heard uh, uh a winning team for an extended period of time. Uh, Travis Kelsey wants to fight for his right <laughs> to something else. You are Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Woo! You got to fight for your right to Lombardi, baby. Uh, that, of course, is the, the classic voice of uh, boom, oh, 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 oh. Uh, Chris Berman on ESPN. Rumble and tumbling. You don't like a boom impression? Kelsey did the Lombardi. He had yeah, the Lombardi yeah, yeah, twist. Yeah. But then that was Boomer. He was that was on NFL primetime on ESPN. We gotcha. like to credit all our sound. We're not trying to steal from anybody. I saw Berman at the game. I did too. I saw him talking to. Oh my god! That's when Britson ditched me. I found Nick Lachey. Who was he talking to? I because I was hoping it was going to be like like Berman. Talk, I, I don't know who I was hoping for, but I was like saw Berman. I was like, oh my god, please be like talking to like uh, like uh, Mark Davis. Right, right, like right. Boomer and Mark Davis is like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some play calls and other sneaky Super Bowl storylines. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome back. Let's talk about some play calling because there were some, there were some interesting facts that sort of came out of uh, the Super Bowl as it relates to various plays that were made. Uh, the, the Chiefs converted a fourth down against the 49ers down by the goal line. And in that fourth down in question, um, they did a little spin dance move thing. And they actually stole that dance move <laughs> from where, Ryan? Uh, from Breach. They saw him at the halftime show and they said, <laughs> ah, 1948, Eric Bieniemy. 1949. 49, Eric Bieniemy. I, I, don't, I picked you because you're the only, only person who was alive. I was, yeah, I was uh, the ball boy in that game, as it turns out. <laughs> but Eric Bieniemy, I heard an interview, I read an interview with Andy Reid probably seven or eight years ago now, where when he's bored, he'll watch old tape, like from the 30s and 40s, and maybe he got Bieniemy onto that, and they found this play. And, and uh, again, a couple yards, it worked. Um, just shows you the football transcends time, John. Yeah. You know what? That game, that play comes from, if I'm not mistaken, a 1949 Rose Bowl. Probably shouldn't be giving this away. This is what Eric Bieniemy said to James Palmer of uh, NFL Network. Great hair, James Palmer. The Rose Bowl, Michigan versus USC. And so it's just a play that we've been working and wondering when we could polish it off. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. And those guys did a great job of executing it. I mean, all that hard work and practicing that play, that play for the entire season, it just worked and it paid off. Your thoughts, Breach? My thoughts are, uh, and just for clarity, if anybody Googles this, it was the 48 Rose Bowl, but it was played January 1st, 1949. Thank you. Ah, That's you the confusion there. Um, oh, here's, I love that someone is, you know, like you're out there watching old film. And I think a lot of people, they watch these old black and white highlights and they're like, God, that football so long ago would never work today. But the thing is, well-designed plays. We saw one of these teams, I can't remember which one, bust out a single wing play. Uh, like there were multiple old school plays in this Super Bowl. And when you have two creative coaches, they're not only running these crazy spread plays that we see nowadays. They are just digging deep to, to get an edge on everybody else. And uh, pulling that play out of 1948 Rose Bowl is definitely doing that. And they scored a single wing play, and they had the spin. And you could see it if you watch it from the angle. Like, it definitely, like, threw the, it threw the defense off. I don't know yeah. if you guys remember this. John, you may because you were watching football in the, in the 80s. Uh, the Cowboys under Tom Landry, the offensive line, used to, like, stand up before the snap every time. And you don't see that anymore now. But, uh, you know, I don't know why Belichick, for example, hasn't done that or someone like Sean McVay just to get an offsides at a certain moment. I don't know if you have to, I don't know the rules behind it. Maybe they changed the rules, but at the time, you know, they, they would all stand up in unison right before the snap and come back down and then, and then go for it. Uh, yeah, very cool. That was the Landry snap, right? They, the, um, you know what they called it? Well, remember, uh, Jason Garrett had them do that to honor, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. They call it, they call it the Landry snap. Yeah, it's fascinating to watch these guys. They all spun around and like the, what ends up happening with the spin, on this play in question is that it takes Patrick Mahomes out from under center and it slides. It basically puts Damian Williams directly um, in like a shotgun pistol type of formation. And he takes a direct snap and runs right at the middle. But what you can watch it when you see it on the replay, you see 49ers defenders sort of slide out to the opposite side. Like they sort of trail the, the motion because they're expecting movement on that side. So like that was a, and this was after Andy Reid decided not to kick, Right. Andy Reid thought about kicking, comes back from a timeout and decides to go for it. And they ran that play. And I mean, that's the difference between four points, you know, three points and seven points. And that's, uh, that's potentially the difference in the game. And they did it 
the spin moves perfectly in sync. It was right. like they rehearsed it, not just practiced it, but like rehearsed the actual spins. It looked like we were watching in sync concerts. Yeah, uh, it <laughs> was very cool. Boys. So, uh, what other? Uh, we were talking. Um, see, we were reading uh, Peter King's piece, right? Reach. We we're all reading on the in the for uh, the MM. Oh, no, no, excuse me. For uh, football morning in America on Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports. What? What did you discover about the Wasp? Yeah, I thought Peter he, he got to sit down with Andy Reid after this game in his office. Some fascinating and uh, Rick Burkholder, the trainer too. Yeah, some fascinating nuggets, and I think the most fascinating one was the fact that a I, I believe the Wasp play was stolen from Kyle Shanahan. Like, talk about turnabout is fair. It. Yeah, you do hate to see it. So apparently, Kyle Shanahan ran this play in 2010 when he was with the uh, whoever he was with. <laughs> Reid saw it, and it's been run a couple times in the NFL over the past however many years. And then, you know, he put it in the playbook against Kyle Shanahan's team in the Super Bowl and it ended up being the decisive play of the game. I mean, that, are the Redskins, that's man. bonkers. They always have the two, three. This is Peter King, uh, what he wrote. Um, it's third and 15. The two, they call it two, three jet chip wasp. That's the 44 yard pass from Holmes to Hill with the Chiefs down 10 on third and 15 with 713 to play. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like it, it is, I mean, this is the, this play swung the game. And the, and like they, the 49ers actually defended it kind of well, but like Tyreek Hill is so fast that he got wide open on the back end and they just weren't able to, to contain him. Um, yeah, I asked Jimmy, are you watching the play now? Yeah, yeah. I asked Jimmy Smith, who's number 20, who played safety, if Kelsey sort of held him because Kelsey ran a little seam route. And he said, no, they, they defended it like they were supposed to. But as you point out, Cheetah was pretty fast. Uh, all the coaches in Mahomes like the play. This is, and, uh, that's one of the advantages of sitting there with Mahomes, where he said, you get a feel for what he likes. All the coaches in Mahomes like the play Shanahan first ran when he was an offensive coordinator in Washington in 2010, overloading the offensive line with an extra receiver in a tight formation, and then having the receiver, in this case, Sammy Watkins, leak out to an open seam up the left side. Um, so that's, no, okay, so they didn't steal the Wasp. So that's the two, that's the two plays. The Wasp is the third and 15 play call. Right. That got Tyreek Hill open. The one they stole from, um, Shanahan. Shanahan was the 28 yard okay, play, play. Okay, okay. where like Sammy Watkins just smoked Richard Sherman. And that's sort of one of those underlying things that's out there right, right now too. It's like, it's Sherman, look, Sherman stepped up and said, yeah, this is on me. I played like crap. I didn't, I didn't do, you know, I didn't do enough there, uh, to, to win, but like he got beat pretty bad on multiple plays, you know? Yeah, he did. And it's one of those where, all the time when you see a guy with great numbers, a quarterback will think, well, maybe I should test him. Maybe I should test him. And more often than not, it doesn't work out in their favor. But in this case, the Chiefs clearly saw something like, hey, we've got guys we think can beat Sherman. Or he hasn't seen receivers as good as ours. You know, because you don't have a big job off after Tiger Trail. They have so many guys they can throw to. And, uh, yeah, the, the Chiefs were clearly like, dude, we're not intimidated. We're coming your way, and uh, you better be ready. They were Well, look, they only gave it one, the 49ers defense, one play of over 15 yards in the first half. So they are, it was working, but I think that they started sort of chipping away in the second half, and then the, four, the third and 15 happened, and then after that, and you've talked about it, John, they were demoralized at that point, the defense, and, and it got tougher. One interesting thing is sometimes I feel like Tyree Kill is so fast that it almost messes up Patrick Mahomes mm. because both his picks were intended for Tyree Kill last night. Hmm. And so, you know, he under, he, he threw it behind him because the guy's already five yards ahead of where he, even Patrick Mahomes thought he was going like to be. they were both underneath throws. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. and then I think Mahomes threw 
I know he, five of his picks this year were targeting Tyreek Hill. And so I think he only threw seven. So that's five out. That's, I mean, that's a crazy number. Yeah, it it's is. not like he's forcing it to Tyreek. You know, we see that Drew Brees do that with Michael Thomas sometimes. It's like your anticipation can't exactly work. Cause like he's so fast. You throw behind Tyreek Hill because it's like, right, right. You're like he's, he's just there. Like it, in other words, it's a good throw to Sammy Watkins. It's yes, a bad yes, throw to Tyreek yes, Hill, right? Yes. Good um, throw to anyone else except for Tyreek. Except, Hill. except you throw to Sammy Watkins. It's a bad throw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to shout out the Colquitt family here. Did you know, fun fact, Dustin, Casey Punter, joins his brother Britton for Denver and father Craig Colquitt with Pittsburgh twice as a Super Bowl champion. How fun would that be? Man, as I wish I would have played in the NFL just so I could become a super champion. Would you have been a quarterback or a kicker, distance runner? What would you have done? Uh, well, Punter, like these guys. <laughs> well, since my dad didn't get a ring because he lost to the 49ers in Miami. Uh, but so here, this these guys. Which, call- by the way, as we're doing the – as we're like sitting over there working, oh, God. Amanda Guerra is doing like highlights and like talking about that like that game and like loudly yelling you know, on set like doing you know doing a show and Breach is like, why don't she just you? take a, na- a knife and, and yes. stab me in the back yeah, here? You absolutely. know. But I will say real quick. So these guys call themselves the first family of fourth down, which it's a great nickname. I love it. And I actually talked to uh, Dustin's brother Brenton Colquitt. You guys are like the fifth family of fourth. Well, down. we're like the eighth family because there's so many. There's a lot of families that have 15th family. 15th is good. I like that. So I talked to, uh, Britton. He was the Broncos punter in Super Bowl 50. And that's when he told me, you know, uh, I hope I win this obviously because my dad already has two. And then now Dustin has his. And that was the Super Bowl where, I don't know if you guys remember, Britton's wife had just had a baby. The baby was like three weeks old. And you know, a lot of times you guys have had young children, like a kid under two flies for free or, uh, <laughs> A kid under a certain amount. Oh, he had to pay the ticket. Early. And he had to pay $3,000 to get his three-week-old baby into yeah. the Super Bowl. Nice. And that became like the whole story. Yeah. Uh, but he got his ring. So and I'm sure he's glad the baby was there. Absolutely. Um, Tom Brady, his uh, big tweet was revealed to be a Hulu commercial. He said, I'm not going anywhere. But I think he meant playing football, not necessarily the Patriots. Um, according to one report from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, um, the Patriots are willing – I think it's rapport. Patriots are willing to pay Tom Brady $30 million a year to keep him. Do you believe that? I think it's the perfect number if you're the Patriots because you're saying, look, if somebody's crazy enough to offer you 35 or 40, go take it. We'll use our money somewhere else. But 30 million also feels like a fair market value for a 43 year old quarterback because Tom Brady isn't, you know, 2008 Tom Brady or that's not a good year. That's literally the only year I shouldn't have picked. Uh, he, he is not 2007 Tom Brady or even 2014 Tom Brady. So $30 million just feels like uh, – How did you get 2008? Are you giving him that money, Brian? Well, or here's you, the thing. Are you just call him Brian? Yeah, you no. did. No, I said, are you giving that money, Ryan? It's 2008. I'm Brian. <laughs> are you about to fall asleep? Am I asleep? Am I dreaming? The only thing about the $30 million, I think I think uh, – what's your name? John is right. <laughs> I was trying to think of a word that rhymed with John, but I was going to be Sean. They're, they're, clapping, they're clapping for David Sampson's show right now. They're Ron or Don. For us? Don a yeah. actually a lot of names. Don would have been awesome. Uh, $30 million makes sense, but as Don just pointed out. Um, Don. <laughs> here's the thing. If you're if you're Tom Brady, you have to be like, look, I'll come back for $30 million. Yes, it's less than market value. I've never, you've never paid me market value. I have to have receivers. You can't be trotting out these these clowns that were out there last year and couldn't get open. No disrespect to most of new, but that second round pick didn't work out. You have to have guys who yeah. can get open. That worked out for the Falcons. Whether it's free agency or the draft, but you got to make something. And I would say real quick, just put, it's smart for the Patriots to put that number out now because it's like they need Brady's decision. When you're talking about, they have to March know whether 18th. they need a quarterback in free agency before free agency starts. So. Well, and also like, 
because his his current contract becomes dead money. Right, right, right. So like they could sign him to an extension before March eighteenth. Right. Because like his void, his void, you know what I'm saying? Like right, right. they sign him to an extension, they can manipulate that dead money, and maybe Tom Brady has like a small cap at this year, a big cap at another voidable year or something like that. Right, right. They'll do more voidable years, but the problem is you can't do a thing where like you can't wait and sign him after March eighteenth. Right. Uh, there's also a report that the, I don't know who had this one. Maybe uh, Schefter. Adam Schefter of ESPN, the Raiders too, will pursue Tom Brady if he becomes a free agent. So, you he hate, ain't going to Oakland. Yeah, I hate to see it. Yeah, I hate to see it. The Pick 6 podcast is vindicated. He ain't Brinson, going to Oakland. Brenton, take your victory lap. The victory lap here it's is a that— Derek, It's a Derek Carr victory lap. Yeah, I understand Carr, that, but— Yeah, but still, we've been saying all year that Gruden might be looking to replace Derek Carr. Raiders obvious. fans got very sensitive about they that. Sensitive about and they're not going to shoot— I, I would love to check Adam Schefter's mentions right now because they are probably just grilling him, hating him— Threatening him because that's uh, that's not what all Raiders. Fans I can see do. Brady, but they, they're Brady. very sensitive about Derek Carr. Uh, the Raiders fans are. I can see Tom Brady in the silver and black. I can't. I Let could, me ask you I another could. question. Or powder blue related to that. <laughs> How would Derek Carr do as the Patriots quarterback next year? Um, they go six and ten. <laughs> okay, okay. Derek Carr is the 49ers quarterback. Well, they went thirteen three this year with John with Jimmy G. So I think they could. They're thirteen. I think Jimmy G's just. Better Derek well, I was going to say, do you think he's an upgrade? Nah. They nah. feel like similar quarterbacks. Lateral move. Yeah. Lat- yeah, lateral move. He ain't winning Sunday night against the Chiefs. Okay. okay. Nah, that game's a blowout with Derek Carr. I don't know if it's a blowout, but I think it's probably similar. It's a blowout anyway. Derek Carr in New England would be interesting. I, he, they would not win 6-10. to 10. They, they would they'd probably go 10-6. to six. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Matt Castle went 11-5. Right. That was 2008, so, by the way. Guys, Andy Dalton's going to New England. We already know it. If in. Tom Brady leaves, he's not going to be a backup. He's too good to be a backup. What if Andy Dalton goes to New England and he beats out Tom Brady for the job? <laughs> what would you do then, John? I will wear my Andy Dalton jersey every day on this podcast. Patriots jersey. Patriots jersey. Yeah, a lot of I don't have a bets to pay Andy off. Dalton jersey. Yeah, you're going to be stuck in a Speedo. With it, my Andy Dalton jersey on? Yeah, that's it's right. Be um, for as much as you said game script on Sundays, he said Speedo ten times more the last week. He said Speedo every day. No, I, I, I mentally made it. <laughs> Once, calm down, Don. <laughs> once per <laughs> podcast. Princeton said game script seventeen times in a thirty-minute segment. I said it once per show. That was my. <laughs> Don's getting loose. Guys, yeah. I had a finger infection all week. It's like I, I'm telling you, the, the lack of sleep like all kicked in for us. <laughs> <laughs> we all ate lunch and then jumped in here to do the podcast. Imagine <laughs> if we did the podcast at nine thirty this morning when we were eating breakfast downstairs at the hotel. That was a. Do you, show. It, it was just like bleep bleep. We literally bleep. all got three hours of sleep last night. Yeah. And we're like swearing up a storm, sending angry emails, stuff like that. Bre- uh, Breach threatened not to take a shower. I don't know if he did or not. If he changed, did you take a shower? Maybe. That's a no. <laughs> Don didn't shower. He didn't shower. <laughs> I didn't shower. Yeah, Breach is like, are you guys going to shower before we go to this te- this TV? Hit? I was like, I am. Um, I didn't have time. He did not. My bathroom was leaking. No offense. To, I don't want to name any hotel names. <laughs> he, he Breach got back to his hotel. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Breach got back to his hotel room um, one night this week, and there was like. All of a sudden, there's just a like wet toilet paper coming out of the vent in his bathroom. It was like dripping into the toilet. Just, I wouldn't even use the bath. I'd be like showering downstairs. How did he use the bathroom? <laughs> you put an umbrella like an umbrella. I, well, I had so much disinfectant and, and hand sanitizer. I was like scrubbing the toilet before every time. It was horrible. It was a nightmare. Oh my god! This was late in the week though. So by the time it happened, I was like, I it was gave Monday. up. And we're, <laughs> I was wondering why you kept going downstairs to use the bathroom, like in the, in the lobby. I, would do, were you? I, I just don't love public bathrooms that much, Ryan. That's not so. I wasn't using it for the love of the toilet. 
<laughs> I would, I would, you were using the downstairs. I used it once. <laughs> was, Only the first night it happened because that was when it was the worst. I would have used the downstairs too. Um, Did you call it? This was a great hotel too. It was a nice hotel, nice location. Yeah. So I'm sorry that my room got flooded because I, I didn't want to say anything negative. I mean, I was just been petrified that I'm like sitting on the toilet <laughs> and, like, doing my business, and also it's like, <laughs> like yeah, or like or you, something drops. <laughs> Uh, the Falcons will not offer Vic Beasley a new deal. Why are they writing that as breaking news on their Twitter feed? It, this is weird. So they, I, I don't know. So they tweeted, breaking news in all caps, Colin. We will not pursue negotiations with Vic Beasley this offseason, which is like, you don't really need to do that to Vic Beasley. Right. Why don't exactly. you just not negotiate with him? Um, as we first, continue the first to question underneath that says, who's your source? <laughs> yeah, I know. That was the best part. And then like, and then the, Fal- the Falcons response was, um, they said, somebody said source and they said, literally us, the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. But there have been times where the team websites cite reports about player yeah, yeah, movement, yeah, yeah. which is also kind of odd. All right. Well, Vic Beasley, best of luck to you. I'm sorry. It just feels like an unnecessary way to let Vic Beasley know he's not coming back rather than like Breaking just telling news his agent. from CBS HQ. We will not be renewing Will Brinson's contract. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I know. Brian Wilson will be hosting the podcast starting yeah. St. Patrick's You didn't need to Day. put me on blast, but I got it. Yeah, it's like you could have just called my agent and said that. As we continue to craft our 2020 roster, we'd like to thank Vic for five years of effort on behalf of our organization, Falcons General Manager Thomas Dimitrov said. That's the only quote. We'd like to thank, thank Will Brinson for starting the Pick Six podcast. He did a great job. Yeah. We will be moving on. I, I just I don't understand this. It feels it feels unnecessary. It is really weird. If, look, if you want to insist on sending that tweet, you send it during the Super Bowl, and that way no one cares. You don't send it the next day. I think that's very because you're you're putting them on blast. So where's Vic, Vic Beasley? Vic Beasley, who once led the lead in sacks, is going to go somewhere and be like really good. New England. He ain't making. What's he making? I. He'll have a great season somewhere. I feel like twelve million is a lot to pay him because he hasn't historically he is underachieved. I feel like I think he probably would admit that. Okay. Um, NFL honors happened over the weekend. Lamar Jackson, unanimous MVP, is that right? Unanimous. Michael Thomas, offensive player of the year. Stephon Gilmore, defensive player of the year. Uh, let's see what else do we I have. I would have given it to TJ Watt, but okay. Kyler Murray, offensive rookie of the year. Nick Bosa, defensive rookie of the year. No surprises there. John Harbaugh, coach of the year. Comeback player of the year. Ryan Tannehill. I'm not, I don't want to call it boring because like all these guys were awesome and, and deserve the awards he got, but like there was no drama in the, in the awards, were there? Uh, Brinson's asking me because I was the only one person at this table who actually attended the event. Uh, Brinson took the day off. We won't talk about his day. Wilson also kind of took the day off. I was hard at work and I'll just say real quick, the offense player of the year. There was some drama there. That's the one that huh. Michael Thomas won. Uh, he beat out Lamar Jackson by two votes. Wow. So Lamar almost walked away with MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. MVP should not be eligible for Offensive Player of the Year. I agree with that. And actually, we that, had yeah. a short conversation with Sean about that. That doesn't make sense. Like, why? It's two separate awards. Don't give it to the same person. Um, Kyler Murray didn't handily win, but uh, Miles Sanders got a vote. For Who offensive rookie of the year, he got one vote. Oh, it was Debo. That's right. That was Debo <laughs> sending it in, and the closest vote of the night. Everything else was, as Brinson said, it was pretty happened as uh, everyone expected. Comeback player of the year, Ryan Tannehill beat out Jimmy Garoppolo by one vote. Wow, one vote. Pris- I think Prisco said he voted for Jimmy G too. There okay. we go. So he would have lost out by two if Prisco had not voted for yeah. him. Um, yeah. So that was it, it. Was a fun event. I love it because it's just the red carpet. 
You have right in your you did, the, you did the red carpet, right? Yeah, I did the red carpet. You have you know you all have the any funny players. interactions. Everybody shows up. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus for some reason walked the red carpet three different times. So I'm still not sure how that happened. Why it happened? You know I must have called? missed him going back. What is that? Schmoozing? That's called that's called a Brinson move. <laughs> <laughs> the Brinson conveyor belt. Yeah, that, that is what it felt like. My car. Yeah, say questions. Questions. The questions. BCB, the Brinson conveyor belt. That's going to be that move. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Help you know, like David Tepper, Robert Kraft was out there. I was actually surprised because remember, Bill Belichick went to Gronk Beach. You know, if I oh he did. If I'm a member of the Patriots organization, I'm absolutely hanging out at Gronk Beach. I'm not dressing up and going to NFL Honors. Uh, so Kraft, I maybe didn't get the Gronk Beach inv- invitation. He showed up at NFL Honors. I got a solid picture of him and his kicks. Nice. He always, Bill, yeah, uh, he Bob Kraft always has the best shoes on. Bill Belichick was wearing like a little like pink, like a, I don't know how to describe it. He looked like he, he looked like I would be dressed. Although, you know. Salmon colored suit on a Sunday, you mean? Yeah, or like white shorts. You know, the, you know who else wore white pants this week? Debonator. Debo was dressing like Don Johnson. He was styling and profiling. He 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 had the Saturday night he had on his leopard print button up. Debo's like print, Debo's right? like Debo Snakeskin, sorry, yeah. Debo um has a uh, he set up a Google alert for himself because he's waiting to see if he pops up on any winners and losers list. Sounds from Super Bowl week. <laughs> sounds like something. Again, that's the BCB. Print. <laughs> Hall of Fame was announced, class of five, Steve Atwater, Isaac Bruce, Edron James, Steve Hutchinson, and Troy. Palamalu, kind of a controversial class. Was it? No, no. 20%. It's, it, it's a very, like, meh class, I think. Well, it depends whether or not you work at a company that employs Pete Prisco. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, Will Brinson. Why well, because I feel like Prisco. No, Tory Holt. Oh. oh I, would, I think Tory Holt should be in over Isaac Bruce. Well, I think the fact that Isaac Bruce is in now eventually helps Tory Holt. It's not next year. Because next year, uh, I wrote that article. You know, the guys that are eligible next year, we got Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, uh, and there's a good chance all three of those guys get in first ballot, and then all of a sudden there's only two slots left, and so next year is not going to be an easy class to get in. But you don't, so you don't think? I mean, I agree. Peyton is obviously in. Yeah, I think Peyton and Charles Woodson are both in. I, Walks. I, Charles I Woodson won a Super Bowl and was Defensive Player of the Year. Calvin's a maybe, and I have Jared Allen on the list. I don't think he'll get in. I think he'll get in eventually, but not first year. Well, so it's a question of would. Would they put – see, I don't think they will leapfrog Torrey Holt for Calvin Johnson. I don't think the NFL will make Calvin Johnson a first ballot Hall of Famer. It, well, if Calvin doesn't get in, I don't think Torrey Holt's getting in next Ooh. year. Why? Well, because they play the same position, and I just think that the way the committees voted in the past, they don't seem – like I just think they would view Calvin Johnson ahead of Torrey Holt. So if Calvin Johnson's not getting in, Torrey Holt's not getting in. That's the logic. Does that make sense, Ryan? No. Yeah, I, I sort of tune you guys out when you start talking about that. <laughs> Is Reggie Wayne available? Not yet. Is he ready? Yep. Okay. Ooh. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, yeah, well, so you have Reggie Wayne to worry about. I think he'd get so in So wait, Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt were finalists. See, I think I think what they're going to try and do is clear out all the guys they believe should be in the Hall of Fame. Just what they did this year. Right. They're trying to get they're, they're trying to get rid of this backlog. And so I think they'll do Torrey Holt now. I, my feeling is they'll do Torrey Holt next year because Isaac Bruce was this year. Then they'll come back and hit um, Megatron, Reggie Wayne. Then get Megatron. I don't. I, th- I don't think you're going to reward Megatron because he only played eight years. Just my thought. Okay. The day he retired, John Clayton wrote a story. It's like he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. All right. Is John Clayton the voice? He's in there. First ballot Hall of Fame. I mean, he is in there, but I'm just saying that I don't think he is either. But it's not like you never know. You never you just, know. You never know. 
You never know. Uh, what did you think about the Hall of Fame as a whole, Breach? Uh, I'm good with this class. I mean, I know that a lot of people hate the fact that there's a hundred people going in, really only twenty. But obviously, the Hall of Fame extended it. They have this centennial class that has 15 people, and then the modern era, which was announced at NFL Honors on Saturday, is five players. And I'm okay with everyone there. Like Steve Hutchinson waited. I know that Alan Fanica was on the list. You had to put one of those offensive linemen in. Ryan will tell you that Troy Palomalu was a no-brainer first bout Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, he was. He's not as good as Ed Reed. I'm only to concede that Ed Reed got in last year, but he is number two. And then obviously Edron James, Steve Atwater. I think you know there's a couple safeties there. John Lynch also could have gotten in, but I'm good with Steve Atwater. And I, I would say that uh, Isaac Bruce was probably the most controversial. Yeah, but and Edge James actually. If he got in over Jerome Bettis, I, that wouldn't, I mean, that's not controversial at all. Edge should be in there. Right. And By so, the way, I just saw CBS News tweet, this man went viral for taking the world's most expensive nap at the Super Bowl. <laughs> it does look like Did they find out who it was? No. That is, uh, you know what is funny is that my tweet about that got added to Twitter moments. Did it blow up? And when I, I just forgot about it. you. Have, you tweet out so many things during the Super Bowl, right? And that's the if you get a tweet added Twitter moments, the, it goes bananas. Well, that's the only time where my acts look like Brinson's because like I just lose track of everything. I stop paying attention. And I woke up this morning, had like thirty five hundred likes, something like that. Ooh, I was, I was look at that. that! I was happy, guys. That makes Brinson. I was, get, very I was getting unhappy. Brinson numbers. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy with that. And by the way, not everyone tweets a lot. I, I think I had four tweets during the Super Bowl. John. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, I was just, that's I was four just, times more than you usually do. So I was, just, I was just about retweeting this Patrick Mahomes thing on Lamar Jackson because see if we get it to 10K. You know. <laughs> um, oh, Ryan's got a show to do. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ mock draft. Uh, actually, it'll be up. Um, what time is it going to run? It'll be up uh, Tuesday. Today's Monday. It'll be up Tuesday. No, today's Tuesday. Is it? No. We're recording Monday. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. This podcast so, is for Tuesday. I really thought Ryan. it was Tuesday. <laughs> 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 it'll um, be on Tuesday live at 4 p.m. on CBS Sports HQ. Then it'll be on the YouTube's. Uh, for you to peruse at any time thereafter. And yeah, who's going number one to the Bengals? Caesar. CD Lamb. Oh, God. <laughs> Carson Palmer ruined everything. Um, check it out. Mock draft on CBS Sports Live. Also, we'll have the future of the Chiefs and the 49ers at all season preview. And, uh, I'm told to let you know if you want, to let me know, you let me know if you want XFL talk on the podcast. Brady Quinn. Do not tweet me about XFL. <laughs> See you guys later. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.